Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Anthony Mackey on Outside the Wire, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and his comfort movie. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. We've got a big Marvel superhero today, an Avenger himself. That's right. Falcon, a.k.a. Anthony Mackie, is on the show today. Surprisingly, his first visit to Happy, Sad, Confused. I say surprising because there are probably few actors I've talked to more over the last... 10, 12 years than Anthony Mackie, dating back to The Hurt Locker, which I think was the first time I met Anthony. I I remember it vividly. I saw The Hurt Locker at the Toronto Film Festival, interviewed Mackie, and I think the film didn't come out for at least a year afterwards. And we know how that ended up with um, all the acclaim and deserved uh, awards, etc. So ever since then, uh, Anthony has been on the rise. I mean, frankly, he was on the rise even before then. His film debut was in 8 Mile, uh, he's had a hell of a run, <laughs> the way I put it just now, a hell of a run makes it sound like he's ending his career. He's not. Um, if you've seen Anthony Mackie interviewed or heard him interviewed, you know how entertaining he is. You know how charismatic he is. Um, he is always a fun interview, and this, uh, this conversation did not disappoint. His new film is Outside the Wire. It is on Netflix right now. If you have Netflix, you probably can't avoid it. It's one of those that's like popping up at the top of the algorithm. They're pushing it hard, and it's uh, and it's it's doing extraordinarily well, apparently. Number one in many places around the world, including the U.S. Um, it's kind of an old-school action movie, kind of a buddy movie in a way, a war movie. Anthony actually plays a cyborg, um, so it kind of hits a lot of the buttons of the kind of old 90s action films that Anthony and I both grew up with. And in, in fact, in this conversation, we talk about, you know, our mutual love of, you know, everyone from Wesley Snipes and, and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme to, to someone like Will Smith, who stars in, uh, in Mackie's Choice for a Comfort movie today. He chose Independence Day, classic movie, can't go wrong with it. And you'll hear Anthony explain why Independence Day was and always will be one of his favorites, a film that he always returns to and finds great comfort in. I think a lot of people would agree with Mackie on that one. Um, a note on this conversation, Anthony was talking to me from New Orleans. Um, he was at the start, I think he was like at an outdoor cafe. So you might hear a little ambiance of outdoorsiness in, uh, in New Orleans. Um, but uh, hopefully that adds a little bit to the, to the flavor of the conversation. Um, and yes, of course, of course, of course, guys. I wouldn't be a self-respecting uh, MCU fan if I didn't talk about Falcon specifically Falcon and the Winter Soldier with Mackie. Uh, he is starring in that new Disney Plus show, uh, which is coming out pretty soon, guys. Pretty soon, like right after WandaVision ends. I think they go basically straight into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Six episodes, six hours worth of big action starring the great Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. Uh, it sounds like a m- much different kind of a Disney Plus show than WandaVision. I mean, I'm loving WandaVision so far, but this is more in line, I think, with the Captain America films, with Winter Soldier, that kind of vibe. So I'm very excited about that one, and Anthony sounds um, really proud of it, and uh, I have no reason to... Uh, to think he's being anything but truthful. He's an honest guy, and I think I could tell if he's a little worried about this one. He's not. He's has supreme confidence, so that is something to look forward to. Other things to mention. Uh, I mentioned WandaVision. I got a chance to catch up with Elizabeth Olsen for MTV News. That interview is going up, I 
think any day now. So so stay tuned to my social media, Joshua Horowitz on Twitter and Instagram. I'll push that out there. A uh, fun uh, catch up with her about a very irreverent, odd take on the characters of of Wanda, aka Scarlet Witch, and Vision. I've seen the first three episodes, and uh, it's taking chances, and that's what you want in a show. So um, look forward to that conversation with Elizabeth Olsen. That was a fun one. Um, let's see, other things to mention. Well, I don't know. I guess the, the big thing is, I hope you guys are all staying safe, as I always say, but I hope also, hopefully you or your loved ones are starting to get vaccinated. I was This was a big moment for me personally. Um, uh, helped my mom get vaccinated over this past weekend here in New York. Um, yeah, there was a bit of a line. We waited about an hour, hour and a half, but my God, by the end of it, I was just so relieved and happy that she got the first of her two uh, vaccinations. And um, hopefully the system is only going to get easier and better for all of uh, all the folks out there. And I hope you're getting your loved ones their, their vaccinations as soon as possible. I know it can probably be frustrating depending on where you are and the parameters. But um, I guess the bottom line is I hope that you're pursuing the vaccine and don't wait. Get it as soon as you can, guys. I mean, we, we just got to we got to deal with this. It's safe. It's been proven safe. Just do it and uh, get some peace of mind. So that's my PSA for today. Um, anyway, let's get on to the main event. Again, as I said, Outside the Wire is Mackie's new film. It's on Netflix. Check it out. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation uh, live-ish. No, not live. On tape <laughs> from, from my bedroom and from Anthony Mackie's favorite spot in New Orleans for lunch, seemingly. Here's our conversation. Look at this guy. You look great, man. Hey, buddy. <laughs> How you making it? Happy New Year, player. Happy New Year. We're both alive in, in the year of our Lord, 2021. Good to see you, buddy. That's it. Definitely. How you been? You know, surviving. You? <laughs> I'm great, man. Chilling out in New Orleans, you know, 70 degrees, sunny weather. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, I see no evidence of any strife or pandemic where you are. You're living your best <laughs> life. What What's the secret, Anthony? <laughs> I'm socially distanced. Look. Yeah. The, well, that was always the case. Nobody want, ever wanted to be near you. That was the whole thing. No. You know, <laughs> I don't do well. I'm more of an animal person, so <laughs> it works for me. You know, I just got a dog. My first dog as an adult, and I'm I'm hiding in my bedroom because my dog is trying to hump my wife and my and my legs constantly, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> Any advice for me? <laughs> You want me to tell you what to do if something is trying to hump you? Well, you're usually trying to hump me, <laughs> so I figured you would be the guy to ask. <laughs> is it a boy or a girl? We think a girl. I haven't looked underneath yet. Pretty sure. Time out. Time out. Wait, no, she's wait. a girl. She's a girl. It's a oh, pit mix. Sure? She's adorable. She's a rescue. I would bring her in, but then you would watch a sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> you're too sexy, man. You got her going crazy. You're too sexy. Well, you, it's the new haircut. It's yeah, you, you've known the pheromones I've emitted for years. <laughs> this is all on the record, by the way. This, is this, good? this is the podcast. You're too sexy. You got them going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't save a pretty girl from a kennel and expect her not to hump you. I know. I should have. I should have consulted you prior to the, uh, the big moment. Um, you saved her life. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in New Orleans. You're doing okay. You seem happy. You're you're feeding yourself. This is good. Yeah. Saute vegetables and grilled chicken. Love it. And it's seemingly you've got a movie that's probably like what, like number one in ninety thousand countries around the world. You've got the Netflix uh, algorithm down. They say it is number one on Earth. 
That's what somebody it. said yesterday on Earth. Finally, you have a movie that's being seen by people. Congratulations. <laughs> hey, I'm a slow burn, man. It took a while, but I told you I was going to make it. <laughs> so, does Netflix tell you anything? Have they told you, like, your number one, like, what, numbers? Or are they just saying, like, your number one in 600 countries or whatever? No, they have the little thing that you can click on, and it tells you <laughs> what people are watching, you know. And, you know, as producers, we can call them and be like, so what's up? What's our numbers? And they're like, yo, it's like the best movie we've had this year. Amazing. That's what they said. This is the big, I mean, there's only, what, 19 days in the year? But we crushed <laughs> Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We're the biggest movie they've had this year. <laughs> but <laughs> I do love, yeah, the Netflix, yeah, because you always see, like, you see, like, number one in different countries. I'm curious, like, in traveling the world over the years, is there a country where you've been shocked at your own fame? Like, is there a specific country where, like, Anthony Mackie is, is ruling the roost like David Hasselhoff does in Germany? You know what? I will say, because, you know, Hollywood tells Black actors that we don't have a market outside the U.S., so you believe that when you go outside the U.S., no one knows who you are. So when I was in Budapest shooting this movie, I was like, yo, I'm famous. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> your boy is not hiding anymore. It was funny because every time I leave the country now, you know, it's become more and more of actively a thing to where people recognize me, which I don't expect uh, at all, because they tell you that it's not gonna happen. And I'm like, well, if people are chasing me out of the lobby, if Joel Edgerton is here, they must be blowing up the block, <laughs> you know? Q, your, your Q score is at least one point better than Edgerton's, I would venture. <laughs> I know that's a random name to bring up. I just love his name. I just love his name. It's a great name. It's a great name, great man. Um, good actor. Yeah, he is. Do you remember? Do you remember the first time you were noticed, like for your acting work? Was that was like for? Was it for Eight Mile? Do you remember? But other than when I was a male stripper. Yeah, we don't talk about that here. Or we only talk. (laughs) We sorry, we only talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's good. Um, no, I would say after you know, I was lucky, man. Eight Mile was my first movie, so after Eight Mile. Everywhere I went, I was recognized from 8 Mile. Even now, to this day, because 8 Mile is on TV so much, I'm recognized most for the one episode of Law & Order I did and 8 Mile. I'm recognized for that more than the Marvel stuff. That's not true. Cross my heart. Were you killed in Law & Order? Did you kill? What, what was your role in Law & Order? You have to watch it. You need to check my resume if you're going to interview me, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not, a, I'm not a Mackie completist. There needs to be some mystery to, in our relationship at this point. You need to check place. my resume if you're going to interview me, buddy. Come on. I've, this, I've never seen any of your work. That's the big... <laughs> it's been almost 20 years I've known you. I'm going to need you to uh, check my resume. <laughs> um, did, those, did those cyborg training classes at Juilliard help for this one? What, is there anything you rely upon the old Juilliard days for Outside the Wire? Nah, you know what did help? What I what what um actually helped a lot was um the research, like physical research. So you know, there's certain things that you do as an actor to mechanically manipulate your body. So I started studying Tai Chi. I started doing jujitsu. I started doing yoga. Yo, I have to tell you, these for these little white girls to be able to do yoga, they are strong. 
Like, there's no place for black dudes in yoga. This is. <laughs> you have all the Goop products. I know you have the you have the friends and family discount from Gwyneth for all the Goop products. So I'm sure you're 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 well See? set up. Don't even know what Goop is, but I'm gonna order some. Really? <laughs> you don't know what Goop is? That's her company. Do, wait, do you do yoga? No. no. Look at Shut me. Shut up. Yes, you do. Notice how close the camera is on me. I can't show you my, <laughs> my expanding mid-frame. Um, <laughs> no, but you mentioned, I mean, I mean, look, as long as I've known you, and it's been a while, you've obviously always been like uh, in shape, but especially in the last few years, in the Marvel years, you've gotten especially jacked. You have to. It's part of the job. No, you, you have to. But my thing is, you know, as I get, so, and I always say, you know, I wish all this stuff had happened in my 20s. Like in my 20s, I was in great shape, you know? And if I wasn't in great shape in three weeks, I could be in great shape. Right. But now in your 40s, that don't happen anymore. So you have to stop drinking this and stop eating that and stop doing this. Then you have to run more. And you know, you it's just, you have certain things that you have to do for two months. You know, you need like lead time. Thank yeah. you, you can't do it. It's not like we can start shooting in two weeks, bet. It's like, no, I'm gonna see you in two months. So I was lucky for this movie. I had just finished uh, Alter Carbon. And from Alter Carbon, I went right into this, but I was training going into uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. So it was like, you know, three projects, six, 12, 15 months of continuous training. So it kind of worked out because now I know my body well enough to where I know what I need to do and you know how to do it yeah. to get in good enough shape. Is this the most physically demanding? I mean, this is all out action. This is this is like this is you at '90s action star mode. Yeah, this was definitely the most demanding because my director, he kept pushing me like, Anthony, you you do this stunt, and I'm like, no, nah, we literally have a stuntman right here stretching, ready to do the stunt. He's like, no, you you go to the gym, yeah, you big man, mm -mm, do stunt. <laughs> For the record, your director's from New Jersey. I don't know why he has that accent. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a producer on this one, yes? Yeah. So what, what, what gets you going as a producer on the set? What's your pet peeve now that you're, you've, you've assumed the producer mantle? On a, on a film like this, what would get your goat? What would, what would make you Tom Cruise angry? Uh, people being late. Yeah. Like that's my thing because if you're if every time they call us to camera you're five minutes late, if we do thirty setups in that day, right, we wasted an hour of our day waiting on you. That's money. You know, so it's it's one of those things to where it just, it re especially when, you know, you're working on a budget, like when you have a certain amount of dollars and you're trying to put every dollar on the screen. You know, if, if you're in a Tom Cruise movie, that's a hundred million dollar movie. So you can spread the hundred million wherever you want. You're in an Anthony Mackie movie, that's a ten million dollar movie. So every fucking dollar counts. <laughs> so, you know, it's just hard when, you know, people and luckily we didn't have that problem on this movie. Everybody was very effective with their time and, you know, very courteous to one another. And because we were in Europe you know, we were always constantly on set. It wasn't right. a thing where we were going back to our trailers. Because, you know, those European trailers aren't like American trailers. Like, it's not like, oh, this is so comfortable. You don't you have know, the, no. the Will Smith uh, triple-decker? Yeah. No? No, definitely not. <laughs> Nowhere close to that. 
Hey, speaking of, of Cruise, have you ever ever worked with Tom? No, I, I read somewhere that no. you were you were up for Mission Impossible. Was that a real thing? It was, I auditioned for it, and they liked me a lot. So in actor talk, I was up for it. Okay. Did you meet with him or no? Did you did you do the chemistry thing? No, no? I've only I've only met him once, like in passing, and uh, you know it was one of those things. I was like, oh shit, that's Tom Cruise. Right. I'm gonna say what's up, and then you get within five feet, and there's some dude who obviously eats babies and puppies who's about to take you out. So from five feet, you go, what up, Tom? <laughs> Keep it moving. Just do Keep the it nod. Moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we're, we're, despite uh, the differences in our uh, physical shape, we're roughly the same age. Who, I, I, I can guess who your action guys were growing up, but tell me, who were who the ones for you when you were growing up? You know, growing up, I was big into Wesley Snipes, dude. Everything Wesley Snipes did, I, I always, I wanted to be Wesley Snipes when I got into business. Like, that was my goal. Except for the uh, tax evasion. Except for except, the- <laughs> No, 100% with the tax evasion. Um, <laughs> uh, you know will smith like i was a huge you know around the time of independence day that's when i was in high school right so i was a huge will smith fan also uh uh bruce lee like you know in in my house in my neighborhood in my community like black dudes love bruce lee he's like an honorary black dude when it comes to just being a cool ass dude that everybody want to roll with is bruce right. lee right <laughs> so those were my those were my big things Three. Um, I was really big into um, uh, Mel Gibson as well. Um, that I was the best. Him. Back in the day, yeah. he was the best. I loved all his movies, Schwarzenegger, Stallone. You know, I just loved all their movies, yeah. you know? What, what about, so, where, do you go, where do you go on kind of like the second echelon guys? The JCVD, the Steven Seagal? Where do you, where do you come down on those guys? Uh, JCVD, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'm a busy guy. I can't be bothered saying his whole name. No, I love those movies. And I, I, I love them for what they, they were. Like, none of those guys were trying to win Oscars. None of those guys were trying to... Uh, you need to go watch Time Cop again, man. I think... Yeah, you, I, I never thought that was going to be an Oscar movie. It was more so just them really, you know, putting out quality content. You know, it, it's it's interesting when you look at you know, all those movies and those actors. I don't think anybody looked at them as B-level actors until much later on. Sure. Like when they were in their height, they were A-lister stars. Yeah. JCVD was one of us big, you know, yeah, like, uh, you know, so even, uh, what's the boy's name? Chuck Norris. I mean, sure. you know, at that time, Chuck Norris was the baddest white dude alive, you know? Yeah. Now, you know, <laughs> but... At the time, Chuck Norris was the dude. But one of the things that I do like, I mean, you know, we joke about this being on Netflix and, and the accessibility of it is like Netflix has kind of brought back these kind of like genres that we were worried about kind of like going away, whether we're talking about like romantic comedies or these kind of mm -hmm. like, just like action movie, high concept action movies, which, you know, your buddy like Hemsworth in Extraction, like th these, are, these, are, these are coming back. Oh, you went off video. Are you hiding something? You're hiding <laughs> yourself. <laughs> No, I agree. And that's what I love about Netflix. And I always say it and I laugh about it. People say, what's the favorite part about working for Netflix? I'm like, well, they're not racist. So that's a good thing. You know, <laughs> all this stuff, because if you look at it, they don't have a specific demographic or, you know, 
group of people that they play to. Like they yeah. literally, if you're an audience and you're going to pay to watch a movie, they'll make movies for you. Right. And if you look at the people they hire, if you look at the way they work and, you know, uh, curate their content, it's all across the board. You know, I've, Found myself watching damn Ojaka, Ojaka, Oja, whatever the hell it was, about a a, a lovable a pig. pig that yeah. everybody's trying to eat, and I'm like, what is Korean? What kind of crazy movie is this? But at the same time, I would have never saw that movie if it wasn't for yeah. I would have never learned that story. I would have never all this shit. Like even like Japanime. My kids love this weird Japanime shit. I w when I was a kid, we didn't have that. Yeah, you would have had to have like someone point you in that direction or go down the wrong aisle with Blockbuster Video. And way down the wrong aisle, <laughs> way down the wrong aisle. So, you know, the accessibility of it and their, their ability to uh, curate a diverse uh, experience is, you know, you can't beat that. I love it. So you mentioned uh, Will Smith and Independence Day. So you gave me the perfect segue into, I asked you for, for a comfort movie. We've, I've been asking everybody on the podcast in this crazy last year for like the movies yeah. that they consider their comfort movie they go back to. It provides them some kind of relief, happiness, whatever. So that's your pick. Tell me, give us a sense. Why, why is ID4, Independence Day, your comfort movie? You know what's really crazy? And it, it literally just hit me like, uh, last week when all this shit at the Capitol happened, okay? Bill Pullman, great actor. He plays the president, he comes in the room, and he goes, what do you want? And the alien has the, the weird doctor dude in the window, and he goes, release me. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Brent and Spiner then, from Star Trek, I'm a nerd, of course. Yes, yes, he <laughs> actually looks like he could be your dad. So he does the thing, <laughs> he goes, release me. That's when Bill Pullman goes into this amazing fit. That's when the other actor goes, you have, you have a, a glass piercing bullets, shoot him, right? So pew, 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 right? So what he said was, Bill Pullman gets off the ground. And he goes, I saw what they do. He's like, what do you mean, Mr. President? He goes, they go from planet to planet, society to society, devour all the natural resources, and then move on. I was like, holy shit. Dude, like, you talk about, is, I mean, that movie was made over two, almost two decades ago. It was over two decades yeah. ago. And you look at how, the, how it plays alongside our societal situation today. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's a quality film. You, you were about, let's see, by my math, you were, about, you were 17 when it came out. So that's probably the yeah, sweet 16, spot. 17. Right? Yeah. So do you remember? I mean, that was an event. I remember this too. Like, it was, I remember back down to the, the Super Bowl commercial, the teaser. Yep. They, they blew up the White House. It was like one of the yep, all-time yep. classic teasers. Yes. <laughs> when, when they blew up the White House, everybody went, oh, shit. <laughs> like, did they really blow up? How did they blow up the White House? I'll never forget that. It, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. And looking at that movie, what was really great about that movie, what I loved about it, like, it was some of the, the most ridiculous. So you're in a tunnel. There's an alien explosion coming down a tunnel, throwing cars and buses. People are being incinerated in their cars the dog jumps through the explosion and makes it into the door as a car is being blown away. So the dog is heavier than the 
the dog has more force. What are we working with here? Like your centrifugal force reference is very off, sir. You, you were putting in more thought than the writers were at 17. <laughs> you were putting in more thought with all due respect than Dean Devlin. Um, <laughs> let me give some context. Everybody knows Independence Day, but some context for people that don't remember. It was written by Dean Devlin and Rowan Emmerich. Who Roland te- Emmerich. Who teamed up for a slew of these kind of like disaster, crazy movies. And this was the yeah. high point. I mean, it was, it was Stargate. It was after this, it was Godzilla and 2012, yep. after Tomorrow. Um, you, you get, so you got Will Smith as the president. You got Will, I'm sorry, Will Smith as, as, um, as what's, what was his name again? Oh, Hiller, Captain Hiller, as right? The, the, the fighter pilot. But yep. he's, he's, he's a, he's a wildcat though. He's a, he flies <laughs> by the seat of his yeah, pants. He's the Han Solo. Right, exactly. And, and, and you have, uh, oh, what's the old dude's name? Jeff Goldblum. No, Jeff not Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, of course. Yeah. Jeff. yeah. Is, is it Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Jeff Goldblum. Like, who literally, every movie you see Jeff Goldblum, I love, I love, I'm going to just say, I love Jeff Goldblum. He is, he is like the poster child. And I didn't notice until I moved to like New York. He is like the poster child for like the middle-aged nervous Jewish dude. Oh, he's my spirit animal. Are you kidding me? He is like everything I, in my fantasies, I want to (laughs) be. But I didn't get it in, when I was watching Independence Day, I didn't get it that like, He's like the, the nervous, like the stereotypical Jewish nervous family. And even when they make the kids sit in a circle and read the Torah, I was like, oh, I he's, get it now. He's also that rare thing, I think, for, for people like me and whatever, that he's like that unicorn. He's also like a sex symbol. It's right. like he's like, he's like, <laughs> like, how did that happen? He somehow, <laughs> the Venn diagram works somehow. It's amazing. <laughs> Very true, yes. <laughs> um, so yes, it, it kind of has all those great disaster movie tropes and it really did bring back the disaster movie. It's a, it, it, as much as it's on Will Smith and Bill Pullman and Bill Pullman and Goldblum, it's kind of an ensemble. You got character actors like Robert Loja as like the, you know, the right. stereotypical general. You got- Yeah, Vivica Fox looking very Vivica Foxy. Exactly. <laughs> Judd Hirsch is the dad of, of Jeff Judd Goldblum. Hirsch. <laughs> Judd Hirsch. She was so amazing. Does the fact that, with all due respect to Randy Quaid, he seems to have gone insane in recent years, does that temper your, your, your love of the movie at all? No. What are you talking about? Absolutely not. No, no. We all, we, all, we all teeter on the line of sane and insane. I can't judge a man for going full insane. I hope you never go full Randy Quaid. We, I might have to abandon you. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about the Will Smith aspect, though, because this was Will Smith in the days when he kind of, like, owned July 4th, even. Like, for a few years... He was, it was like, what, Big Willie Day or whatever they called it. It was like July 4th was, was his day, right? So here's my question. Do you look at, do you strategize and look at other people's careers and be like, because Will has been very smart and very like calculated in many ways about his career, about his marketability as an international box office star. And look, he, part of your job is to be a great actor, but part of it with one of your buddies who, who's probably on the line today is to be strategic about what you yeah the choices you make so do you look at other actors and say like oh they they went down this path i should emulate that oh 100 and i look at other actors and i say they went down their path i definitely should not do that right uh there were like two actors uh who i grew up watching and sure enough 
like all of a sudden they disappear. And I was like, yo, what happened to these dudes? Like they were, they were mega stars. And then once you get a job or two, you hear the stories about what they did and how it kind of didn't work out. And it's like, bet, not going to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it, it all, it all boils down to, I work with this uh, actor, um, his name was John Seitz, old school New York actor, like the grumpiest old dude. He had a necklace with all these strange rocks on it. And we're in our green room. We were doing this off-Broadway show together. I'm like, John, that's a great necklace. Where'd you get that? He goes, well, these are all, these are all my kidney stones I've passed. That was John Seitz to the nines. Yeah. So one day we're sitting, we're sitting in our uh, dressing room and, you know, it's near the end of the play. And I'm like, yo, John, like you have any advice, man? You've been doing this for so long. And he goes, Anthony, the important part of this business is don't be an asshole. He's like, nobody wants to be around an asshole. Nobody wants to work with an asshole. He's like, I get so many jobs because people invite me back and say, God, you're not an asshole. And that's always been my, my pinnacle of uh, reference for this business is just simply don't be an asshole. Yeah. Like, you know, show up on time, smile, shake hands and keep it moving. Well, there's enough talent out there that you can go to the next guy that's talented if they're not the asshole. Like there's, an, there's, a, there's a lot of talent out there that, as you know, this, it takes a lot of luck and other things to get where you Hell need yeah. to get to. So like, why bother with the pricks? Why bother with the, yeah. the assholes? And you see so many people again and again and again, they just find themselves in a position where like nobody want to deal with that. Nobody yeah. want to deal with you not coming out of your trailer or, you know, not saying you're going to do this. And, you know, it's just like, what's the point? You know, life is too short. Like the business is too, we should be, we should be fortunate to do what it is we want to do. We should be so fortunate to be what it is that we want to do. Like we all grew up wanting to be in this business. We've been talking about being actors and, you know, making a living at what we do forever. We, sh we should be so lucky that we make a living at what we love to do and we're appreciated for it. Yeah. You know, so what are you, what are you doing? Like every day, when I, every, when I was seven years old, I said I wanted to be an actor. Literally, I did my first play at seven years old. I told my mom, I told all my friends, I want to be an actor. I saw, it's a really weird story. So, uh, leaders There's nothing the else from Anthony Mackey's mouth <laughs> that comes out in my experience. Go, go. No, it's crazy. So Leaders of the New School with Buster Rhymes had this song called Scenario. And they performed on the Arsenio Hall show. So you might not remember Arsenio Hall. He was a very famous talk show host. He kind of spearheaded the African-American talk show movement. And he had a move that white people love that went something like this. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> right? Huge. So... <laughs> I still do that. Still do it. So, <laughs> I, uh, I was watching Arsenio Hall one day, and Buster Rhymes did his, you know, uh, his verse of scenario. And he had on his Dr. Seuss hat. And the hat kind of telescoped off his head. And the audience went crazy. Arsenio Hall went crazy. The studio went so crazy, the cameras were shaking. And I turned to my mom and I was like, I want to be that guy. I want to do, I want to do what that guy just did. And that was it. Amazing. So for me to, for me to have that dream, that wish, that goal for that long, and then to get it and be like, you know, fuck you. I'm, I'm too good for this. Or, yo, right. come on, man. 
come on, just enjoy craft services. <laughs> well, talking about, talking about dreams and goals, um, you wanted in on the MCU and superheroes for a while before Falcon came around, before Sam came around, right? Like you, yeah. you put it out there into the universe. Had you, had you come close before? Had you auditioned? Had you been up for anything prior to that one? I auditioned for uh, Iron Man and the director liked me. So in actor terms, I was up for the role. <laughs> <laughs> so for Rhodey. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, did that break your heart when it, when it went another way? No, I mean, absolutely not. I've always wanted to work with uh, RDJ. I've, you know, working with Don Cheeto has always been a, a, a dream of mine because he's like, when I measure my career against someone, when I look at someone's career, I always say I want his career. You know, he's kind of like one of those dudes who you respect so much and everybody you know, he's one of those dudes you walk in a room and you know he has everyone's respect. Totally. You know, like he's just a dignified uh, actor. So that being said, the idea of being in that cast on that set with them would have been stupendous. But, you know, when, it, and I don't know if this is true, you know, agents, they lie and then they manipulate stuff. And then a year later, they're like, look, I told you I said that. So, my agent was like, uh, you know, Marvel said, you know, they have some things in the works. This isn't for you. So, you know, they aren't interested in you playing this role. I was like, all right, cool. But then, like six months later, I have a meeting with the Russo brothers and my asshole agent wasn't lying. I'm like, that's a first. <laughs> it's an important first. That's a good one like, to be the first. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> So, much, you know, it all, it all worked out. Yes, it's clearly. How much satisfaction did you get when you read in the script the callback at the end of Endgame that, that for the portal scene, it was going to be on your left? You were going to be the guy that kind of like... You know what? Wasn't in the script. We didn't, oh. I didn't see that at all because it's so weird. So all of those little flying tidbits and stuff we do, we take like two days and we shoot all of my turns, all of my lines, all of my stuff. So you have no idea where it's fitting in at. So, you know, I'm like yanked up to the ceiling and they're jostling me around. That's when, you know, uh, Joe Russo, I'm like, what's my line? He goes, on your left. I'm like, okay. Hey Cap, on your left, got it, take him down. I had no, no idea. idea where it was going. When did you know? Was it at the premiere? Like, did When I saw the movie. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so it's when so did, weird. So we're going to be talking, I'm, I'm sure, a bit more in the next couple months. We're getting pretty close to Falcon and Winter Soldier at long last. Yeah. Um, when did you first hear the rumblings about this? When did they tell you that this was up in the plans? For the, for the series, for the... Right after we uh, wrapped... Um, Right after we wrapped Endgame, uh, after the big premiere party, Splish Splash, you know, I have a meeting with everybody and they're like, you know, we're going streaming and you're going to be in a streaming show. And I was like, <laughs> not so thrilled at, the, at, at first. Really? So really? Like, because you think there's no way Marvel would be able to keep the level of right. sophistication, quality, there's no way you would be able to do the exact same thing on a television. 
So basically, you're giving. I, I thought this show was going to be like the old school Batman, like with the pow. I thought it was going to be like some shitty, or, you know, some of the other shows where it's like soap operas and stuff. Our, our, the quality of our show with the acting, with the scripts, with the development of the characters, with everything was so high level, so highbrow. I didn't think there was any way we would be able to carry, Marvel would be able to carry that onto television. Does, does it play like a episodic or does it play like one giant movie? Like when you read the scripts, how would you characterize it? I would say it's a great mixture of both. Um, the best part about it is it plays like a six hour movie because the storylines carry from the beginning all the way to the end. So everything that you, once you're on the ride, you're on the ride. Right. And that's what, so, that's what I think is so great about it. Like one of the big things we wanted to do with Outside the Wire was it's a roller coaster. So you're standing in line. That's when once you sit down, you're fucking screaming your head off until it stops. Right. You know, and that's kind of how this is. Every single set piece, every, the action sequences are so ridiculous. I mean, it's, I couldn't be happier with the, the way it, it turned out. I thought, it, I, I, and I'll be the first to say, I thought my career was over. I was literally <laughs> gonna be, <laughs> I was literally going to soap operas, like done. Well, it's funny <laughs> because like, I mean, I was talking to Lizzie Olsen about WandaVision the other day, and like, it's pro probably the same for you in that like, you know, she had some small meaty things to do over the course of a bunch of films, as did you, but mm -hmm. you probably had more character development on this, new series in these six hours than over the course of six or seven movies that you had. This is yeah. your, this is your and, and Sebastian's story. So that's gotta be very rewarding. It is. And you know, the, the great thing about it is, and the most fun thing, you get to see a lot of Sebastian and I at our worst behavior. And <laughs> like I, don't know, I, can't, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never experienced <laughs> that at all. No idea. Look, there were times, it was, it was really bad. There were times like, you know, they just had to shut us down. Like guys, go to your trailer and come back in 10 minutes. It was, <laughs> it was really bad, but we finished it. <laughs> um, I, I hear you're one of the few that actually knows like phase four plans. Did they sit you down in a room and kind of like outline what the hell is happening the next few years? And what was your reaction? Well, they turn on, you, you know how like all the, 14 year old girls have that little noise machine that they sleep like it goes <laughs> like the little wind thing sure. so I have they one bring of you in a room yeah. exactly see? <laughs> for your 14 year old girl they, they bring you in a room turn on four of those that's when close the curtains and they literally just run down on a blackboard the gauntlet of what's going to happen what do you think um we'll see <laughs> stop it <laughs> Uh, uh, good luck you know there's always soap operas <laughs> let me ask you this what's up with evans the reports are that evans is coming back as cap can he let you and sebastian fight over this shield and take over the the moniker for like a year or two what's going on you know i've heard that like i've seen that and look chris is my boy so if they're getting the band back together i'll be very happy with that um coming up for you past falcon winter soldier you know what you're shooting next no next i am gainfully unemployed there's a uh pandemic going on what and uh, yes yes <laughs> i need and to watch the news i'm like chilling out and you know
doing a lot of fishing. See, this is fishing and hunting season. So, you know, I got to stock up the freezer right. and uh, get ready for summer because. <laughs> is the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter sequel uh, close to happening? You know what? I've been begging. I actually I emailed Timor uh, about two months ago and I was like, yo, I might be famous enough now for us to do the sequel. And what if I became president? I could be a I could be Obama. Oh shit! I, I could be Obama in the Obama movie. Hey, there have been worse ideas. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but <laughs> yo, I'm gonna yeah. I email I emailed Timor and I was like, yo, it might be time for us to bring back Abraham Lincoln because I'm ready. How'd you do in the uh, the uh, fantasy football this year? Uh, yeah, I know. Well, I know first exactly. of all, no, 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 I know football better than all those chumps, first of all. Second of all, I was in Europe when the draft started on set. So I'm six, seven hours ahead. So I'm on set. I can't get a phone signal. By the time I get into the draft, we've gone through the first four rounds. So I got ran. Literally, everybody I got in the first three rounds got hurt in the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, I can't imagine how much it kills you when, with all due respect, I can't imagine Palm Clementine grew up watching football, like, and she finished ahead of you. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, come on, come on. That's not fair at all. And, you know, I, I know, I, look, I know football better than all of them. The only person who might know football, you can't tell me Paul Rudd knows any fucking thing about I know football better than Paul Rudd, okay? Let's just start there. I know football better than... Well, Joe Russo is close. We're, we're at about the same thing. But all the rest of them can kiss my ass. I know football better than them. Last important thing for you. Um, in all our years, I've never gotten the origin of the famed Mackey cut the check. Famously, you, <laughs> you, at the end of a take, at the end of a moment, will, will scream at the top of your lungs as if nobody can hear you, cut the check. What does it mean? Where does it come from? What's the story? Well, it see... Another side note, uh, sidebar, in the African-American community, when we earn our money, we want our check right there. All right? I don't want no Venmo. I don't want no Zelle, motherfucker. I want paper, greens, bills, dividends, okay? So when we were doing the movie, um, you know, I wanted Kevin Feige to give me my money because when I earn my money, you give me my money, homie. So the Roots have this song uh, called Give It Here and Don't Say Nothing. And it's basically about rappers saying nothing and then asking for their money. So fine, if I can say nothing and get money, I'm going to say nothing, blah, 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 cut the check, right? So I was like, yo, that's, that's real life right there. Like the roots are literally my spirit animals. When, it, I, when I walk around, like when I get out the shower and look at myself in the mirror, I hear the roots, right? So wait, what do you hear when you get out of the shower and look at yourself? I just, I just hear Jeff Goldblum talking. <laughs> So <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. That, that was bringing that full up. circle. Yeah. I like. We call, I we like call that a callback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I heard this song, I loved this song so much, and I was—I've always been heavy into the roots. Um, so when I heard that song, I was—I was actually coming out of my trailer on set, and I did this one take, and I was like, "Oh, oh, it's time, time to pay me my money, man." Pay me my money, dog. All these fools need four and five takes. I'm two take Mac. After the second take, I ask what's next. You know how much film I saved? 
You don't got no B-roll of me, homie. Nah, two takes. On which one was this? Was this on the first? Uh, this is on Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. And that's where it started. Yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was a, it was the, um, so my first day of shooting on Winter Soldier, which was the biggest asshole move ever. They put me in my soldier's uniform, put me on a platform like 30 feet in the air. And they're like, all right, we want you to jump off the platform backwards and shoot your machine guns like, and a, a jet is flying over your head. And I'm like, what? And Joe Russo goes, action. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Welcome to the MCU. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, this has been a joy, my friend. This is the best of all possible worlds for me because I get to catch up with you, but there's no physical violence that's possible. <laughs> I'm not going to leave with a bruise for the first time. <laughs> you, you, you've grown up, man. You've come into yourself. You have great hair now. You Marriages work well for you. Like before you got married, you were a hodgepodge of a disaster. I'm going to go see my dog and let her have her way with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, buddy. We'll catch up soon, I hope. All right, be safe, man. Thanks right, a lot. Thanks, bud. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha